0: So Money, Episode 514, 2016 Year in Review, Secrets to Investing Success.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself.
0: So money, it is our last installment of our 2016 highlights, and this has been really fun. Going back and listening to some of the top interviews of the past year talking about entrepreneurship and health and wellness, as well as negotiating. If 2017 is going to be the year that you start a business or ask for more on the job, or just get healthier so that your whole, you know, your whole life, your finances can also improve go back and listen to our episodes starting from last Monday. We've worked hard to curate these episodes to bring out some of the best advice that has been shared on this show over the last year. And today, we're going to stick to the theme of investing. We've talked a lot about investing on the show. Our motto here is boring is better, you know, don't try to game the system or beat the market. It's better to just focus on the investments that are going to, over the long run, yield a positive return and along the way won't cost you a lot to invest. Low fees is really the key. So many of you write in to ask Farnoosh about investing, how to do it and just where to get started. It's a topic that a lot of our guests When I ask the question, what's the one thing you wish you knew about money growing up, say they wish they knew more about investing. I've had guests on the show this year try to break it down for us in a way that's digestible and easy to understand. So the first episode we're going to revisit is with J.L. Collins, episode 433. Remember him? He wrote a book called The Simple Path to Wealth. He started a blog that was comprised of financial advice that he actually started writing for his daughter. And it got so popular that others started following him and it just turned into a great community and now a book. He has some really important advice about the simplest thing you can do when it comes to investing. The simplest. Take a listen. As you're speaking, I'm on your website and I'm looking at your stock series and it is I'm looking forward to diving further into this. I think that uh, there's a lot of mixed messages out there about how to invest. Uh, what's your philosophy? What's your overarching philosophy on investing? And you said you've been investing since 1975.
2: Right. You know, I I, I, I have, and and that philosophy has changed over the years. And and the core of it and the core of, of, of the book uh, that I have out now, the new book I have out, which is The Simple Path to Wealth, is that... The most powerful thing that you can do investing is also the most simple. And it's what you have to pay the least attention to. And that's simply index investing. If you buy the total stock market index fund, and I like Vanguard's, which is VTSAX, that's the most powerful wealth building tool. That's short of putting your own sweat equity into it and something like real estate or building your own business. But as a pure investment, that's the most powerful wealth building tool that you can invest in and it's also the lowest cost and requires the least effort. And I say to my daughter and by extension to my blog audience and now my my book readership, when you are working and you are saving money that you're then investing, that cash flow smooths the volatility of stocks because stocks, while they're very powerful in terms of building wealth, it's also a wild ride and so you want to have something that smooths that ride. And when you're working, you are in the wealth accumulation phase, as I put it, and that ongoing flow of money from from your earned income is what smooths the the volatility of stocks and actually makes that volatility work for you. Because when the stocks plunge, as in the market, you can you can be guaranteed periodically will plunge, and nobody can predict that. Your continued investment takes it takes advantage of that. So for my daughter, who's in her mid-20s now, just say, you want to buy BTSAX and you want to put as much money in it as you can, whenever you can, and don't worry about it otherwise. Just let it ride. Now, when the time comes that your portfolio is going to be supporting you and you don't have that earned income flow to smooth the ride, you want something else to smooth the ride. And at that point, I suggest you add uh, the total bond market index fund which is VBTLX, and bonds serve the function of of smoothing the ride to stocks. And what the allocation percentage will be between those two is really a function of of your risk tolerance. The more stocks you have, the more powerful your growth over time will be, but the wilder the ride. The more bonds you have, the slower the growth, but the smoother the trajectory. Does that make sense?
0: Next up is Sally Krawcheck. Couldn't do an episode on investing without bringing up Sally Krawcheck. She's a Wall Street veteran. This is from episode 349. She launched Elevest this year. It's an investment platform created for women by women, but men, you can also use it. I invited her on the show shortly before it launched and, and she is adamant that women need something very special when it comes to investing. They need a different kind of platform, a different kind of system. Take a listen. Well speaking of entrepreneurship and raising money, you've reportedly raised about ten million in funding to start Lvest, which is a digital investment platform for women. Why did you want to do this and and why do women need something cater to them? Why can't women just go to the Charles Schwab's and Prudential's and Fidelis of the world? Oh, so you're going to blame the victim. I get it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, you know, I I argued for a long time women didn't need uh, any kind of offering for them because there's so much out there, but facts are stubborn things, and women today are significantly underinvested in comparison to men. That's not true in the workplace 401k plans. It is true outside the workplace and the numbers around this are startling. Um, and disturbing, uh, which is that if uh, a woman has got her money in a bank account, a guy has got his money invested in a diversified investment portfolio, that woman is ending up hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some cases millions of dollars, behind the guy at the time of retirement. The numbers are astonishing because of the compounding impact of earning, let's say, a 5 percent return annually versus a 1% or today close to zero. As a result of this. So what really hit me for this, sort of the, the real underlying reason behind it, is is one day I was putting on my mascara in my bathroom, getting ready for work, and realized that the retirement savings crisis in this country, which is so big and so ugly, we've, we've really stopped talking about it. And because all the solutions are so hideous, tax increases, entitlement cuts, as I was sitting there, I realized it's a woman's crisis. It's a woman's crisis. We live five plus years longer than guys do. Look at in a nursing home in this country is 80 to 85% female. And we retire with two thirds of money men. Part of that is the gender pay gap. Part of it is that we take more career breaks than men do because of maternity leaves and so on. But part of it is what I just talked about, which is the gender investing gap, which we just don't talk about in this country. So rather than say, hey, ladies, you know, there are offerings out there for you just go um, invest like a man for goodness sake wait a minute this is about the last industry in which we don't recognize that tailored offerings can really make sense the other thing that really bothers me here is that this issue of women underinvesting gets boiled down to in these dated 1957ish um, messages we receive that women are bad at math not true we make better grades than guys do at school and as good or better in math that we need more financial education to invest. Well, everybody needs more financial education, but the guy it doesn't stop the guys from investing or then investing sort of a manly man thing. Women in fact are better investors than men. As good or better, this is true in the professional level, whether it 's a hedge fund manager or a mutual fund manager, not that there are enough of them and it 's also very true at the individual investor level so we 've got these messages that come at us that tell us we 're sort of dopes, um, which just aren 't true from from you know all sorts of media sources in the industry and so on now there are tons of great financial advisors that do a great job with women, but the numbers are and I know most of them, if not all of them, they're fantastic, but they're not enough. And so we still have the gender investing gap. And And finally, I just said, if not me, who, right? If I'm not going to do it, who the heck else is going to do it? Because remember, you and I already talked about there aren't a lot of women who ran Merrill. I did. There aren't a lot of women who ran Smith Barney. I did. Um, there aren't a lot of women who've been in these positions who can understand the industry, and understand that how that investing um, science bring in the technology and then think about the problem in a fundamentally different way because what we're doing right now isn't working
0: what do you mean by tailored offerings I suspect a lot of this will also yeah. have to come with a dose of advocacy because what you just told me all these false falsisms these false messages can really impact your psychology and your perception of reality so how does L El- what are the offerings mm-hmm. specifically? If you could share an example, that would be to your point. Yeah, well, so we haven't launched yet, so we're keeping it pretty under wraps.
3: But for your uh, listeners, they can sign up for early access at access at lvest dot com e l l e v e s t dot com. But uh, you know, I'll give you. a of examples Um, you know watch some of the 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 TV shows on investing Um, what do they remind you of they remind you of ESPN they remind you of sports programming Mm. Um, how many you know that's male Um, think about how the industry positions its success it can be and is about outperforming the market doing well when the euro outperforms the yen. are these conversations you're having with the women you know um, and so I sort of think about you know the, the buying of a car that for, you know, a guy buys a car, he goes in, he loves to haggle and negotiate, he loves the art of the deal, when he bring, he loves to know all the details about the car, right? One of the pistons and the engine? I don't even know the words. And, and a woman walks in and wants a more streamlined, more straightforward experience, neither good, neither bad, just different. Right, the research is clear, just different, and it's so interesting because we've taken that thinking and we've applied it to any you know any level, any number of different scenarios, um, but we just haven't taken it to investing. And many of the firms out there, you might say to me, well, so and so has an you know has this newsletter for women, and so and so has this, but what I've found is so much of that boils down to the the Wall Street and investing firms have really posed the question themselves as being one of how can we market to women? How can we market to women? Not, wait a second, are there some changes we can make to fundamentally serve women? And that's what we're doing. And what's so interesting about it is it's not just my point of view. We're actually co-creating it with women who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, hundreds of women we've spent time with going through what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Um, and so stay tuned because I'm happy to come back on and talk about yes. what we found as soon as we're ready to share. It's fascinating stuff.
0: Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your house. Visit simplysafe.com slash so money. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash so money so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash so money. Sally Kraczek actually has a book coming out this year called Own It, The Power of Women at Work. Can't wait for it. Stopping by the show again in 2016 was Rick Edelman, episode 481. Wanted to revisit his episode because he actually has some timely advice. You know, he wrote a book back in 2009 called Rescue Your Money How to Invest Your Money During These Tumultuous Times. And boy, were those scary times. It went on to become a New York Times bestseller. He has since revised the book because now people are again. You know, concerned about the future and not knowing really where to park their cash, where to invest, how to invest. It's not as scary of a time, I think, as the great financial recession, but still we're jittery. So how do you handle your money today in this next era of uncertainty? Here's Rick Edelman. Is the advice the same in the sense that the advice is always it seems that when there are tumultuous times and volatility in the market that the the response should not be to to to, to move instinctively and and abandon your investments and withdraw from the stock market that it's really about staying the course
4: you're exactly right. Uh, everything I wrote in the book in 08 and 09 remains valid today. I just needed to update the statistics and data to demonstrate that because mm-hmm. the data only went through 09. I needed to bring it forward all the way to 2015. And you're exactly right. People keep making the same mistakes over and over, and they keep wondering how come they're not getting rich. It's because they're doing the same dumb things that are preventing them from getting rich in the first place. They keep doing it over and over again. And we need to resist the emotional tendency of making bad investment in financial decisions. It, it, it's understandable why people do it. We are creatures of emotion. We are human. Um, but unfortunately, that's not how the financial markets want you to behave. If you want to achieve financial success, you've got to separate your emotions from what you know intellectually is the right thing to do.
0: Right. Another piece of advice maybe along those lines is that when the sky is falling that that's when you should be buying. That's actually a good time to buy low and then later maybe sell high.
4: Exactly right, and that's the fundamental theme in the book. Is you know, It's titled How to Invest During These Tumultuous Times, and that's what I'm trying to convey in my book, Rescue Your Money, is to demonstrate you need to exploit periods of unrest and uncertainty rather than becoming a victim of it and doing what the masses do, which is selling in a panic. Look at Brexit. Everybody was in a tizzy when the yeah. British voted to leave the European Union, and the stock market fell for the next two days, creating a lot of panic among US investors. Well, that was an opportunity to exploit that opportunity. For the moment, stock prices went on sale. What a great buying opportunity, and that's what smart investors took advantage of.
0: Thanks, to Rick, for reminding us that it's important to remove our emotions out of making financial decisions. Always easier said than done, but we just need to remember to stay the course with our investments and someone who is very very prolific Uh, on the topic of being rational as opposed to irrational is Dan Ariely. He is the professor of psychology and behavioral economics at Duke University and also the author of Predictably Irrational. He came on the show earlier this year, episode 462. In this excerpt, he doesn't go into investing specifically, but we do talk about the ways that we can change our irrational tendencies when it comes to saving and investing. What I love most about your work, Dan, is not just the research, but the solutions that you give us to try to, in very practical ways, combat our irrationality. But, you know, given the pressures today of income inequality, rising costs, there's a a lot of lack of education. How optimistic are you that we can really, really turn things around and become more fiscally responsible? as a society? I mean, do you find that there is resistance? Do you find that there are just some circumstances where it makes it really difficult to practice some of your solutions?
1: So, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, I think absolutely the answer is yes. So, and, you know, but I I don't get depressed by it. So, you know, one of the things we've realized in social science over the many, many uh, recent years is that the environment matters. And it matters more than we think. So, you know, we usually think about people as uh, agents of decisions, and it's all about us, and we decide, and we act, and we, and so on. Uh, But the reality is that the environment has a lot to do with it. So, imagine I came to your office every morning, and I layered your desk with donuts Uh, every morning. Thank you very much. That would be delicious. Uh, And let's say I do it for the whole year. Uh, What will you think will be the effect on your waistline <laughs> by, by the end of the year and, and your health in general, right? right. So, so look, if, I, if we did this experiment and I um, sh- uh, kind of expose you to a lot of donuts every day, I'm not saying you will be tempted every day to eat a little bit, but uh, there will be many, many days you'll be tempted. And the consequence will be short-term pleasure and long-term, uh, you know, perhaps healthy depression, um, so so the thing is that if i expose you to donuts or whatever it is you're very likely to fail but i don't have to expose you to donuts so you know once once we get people to be exposed to temptation texting and driving overeating undersaving not exercising it is the, the temptation is so strong and you know the companies that produce temptations improve all the time Uh, Again, not to say anything bad about donuts, but you know, Dunkin Donuts is just getting better and better, (laughs) tempting us. That's, that's their mission in life. And Facebook is getting better and better in getting us to check Facebook more often. And, and life is really about kind of companies around us. Almost all of them want to tempt us. They want to tempt us to use our time, money, attention in a way that works for them right now. So, so we fail, we fail often. So that's the depressing side. The good side is that we can create new tools. Now think about the the world of money. uh, Some time ago, you know, whatever, 100 years ago, uh, 50 years ago, we had cash and cash is kind of simple. Also we have a rather simple life. People have defined benefits, plans, we didn't live that long. Uh, donuts were not as good, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have uh, all, all the variety of all the things that modern life has, which is wonderful, but also tempting. As life progressed, uh, life became more complex, all of a sudden, figure out the mortgage is difficult. By the way, here's an, here's an interesting story. So as long as mortgages had only one dimension, what's the interest rate? It was very easy to figure out that, you know, 3.75 is a worse interest rate than 3.5. But but then they went ahead and they added points to the mortgage process. So now you can pay an amount of money up front and that reduces your interest rate. And now people get confused because the computation is much more difficult. So so think about what it means that people get confused and choose the wrong mortgages or the ones that actually don't pay, don't charge them more the moment you move from one dimension to two dimension. And think about our economic environment right now. We have, of course, mortgages and student loans and car payments and credit card payments. We had retirement saving. We have emergency saving. We need to save for our kid's college. All of this is becoming incredibly difficult. Also, because of the American tax system, we don't really know how much we get paid until April the following year. So so we have created a system that is very, very complex.
0: And that is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for sticking with us through these highlights. Really hope that these provided some meaningful takeaways for you as you reflect on 2016 and look forward to the new year. I hope you had fun. I'll be back here on Friday for our last 2016 Ask Farnoosh episode. Excited to kick off another successful, fantastic, energetic year of interviews with you starting on Monday in the new year. Have a happy and safe New Year's Eve, everybody, and I hope your weekend is so money.